0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films, thanking you as always for clicking on this podcast. At the weekend, I watched a film that I've been meaning to watch for quite some time. Um, It's been in my collection for so long. It's actually one that my dad lent me many moons ago that I just never got around to checking out. And he was always like, you need to watch this film. You will love it. It's very, very good. And in fairness, that sentiment has been echoed by so many people who've seen this film. Um, it's Edge of Tomorrow, starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, or is it called Live, Die, Repeat? Who knows? There's an argument for that. It was Edge of Tomorrow in the cinema. Then it kind of got lost in what it was actually called because I think they really ran with that with that slogan, that, that, that subtitle of Live, Die, Repeat, and then before we know it, it's now known as Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. I, d- I don't know, but still... It was one of those films, like I said, that I, I, I remember seeing the trailer for it thinking, that looks interesting, kind of like Groundhog Day meet Starship Troopers, Aliens, et cetera, et cetera. And that's pretty much it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, as in that is the best way I can describe this film. It is a great sci-fi film, don't get me wrong. There's a few things within the third act that I wasn't too fussed about. However, in terms of something that, what you'd expect from a Tom Cruise film, I think there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's the safe, there's the playing the safe elements of it and what you would expect of course as Tom Cruise running but there's also parts of it that I, I really enjoyed that were different for a Tom Cruise film um, and I don't think we've seen anything necessarily like it since because you know what you're getting with Tom Cruise films just action I've already said he's running a lot this and that um, not taking anything away from the stories that he's done because like for example the Mission Impossible films they just seem to be getting better and better with each film but I, I really did enjoy, and say it's mad that this film came out in 2014, and I've and I've only just checked it out. I do believe as well that there's supposedly a sequel that's been in like in the works for quite some time. Whether that's fell off a cliff, who knows? I think the last update was in around 2020. I think they 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 let an update out that it was in some form of pre-production. Um, Which is funny because I believe the edge of tomorrow, the film itself is set in the year 2020. So if only like 2020 wasn't just full lockdown and was something like, I don't know which would be worse in fairness, stay indoors or have these like mimic aliens knocking about and having to, uh, yeah, to fire away out of it. I don't know, you could argue that it was just like that. Anyways, I'm waffling, I'm clearly waffling. But as always, thank you so much. We'll be talking about Edge of Tomorrow on this podcast, so thank you, sorry, for clicking on this episode. It's available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com. Jump onto Facebook as well, give us a like and a follow on there by searching Joe Blogs About Films, and also hit the notification button on Spotify and all that jazz so you can be notified when new episodes are uploaded, and leave a review while you're at it. I would very much, very much appreciate it. But of course get in touch, because it's been really nice lately to be uploading these episodes and having people like getting in touch more so about about the film in question, so keep that up as well. So I've already mentioned Tom Cruise obviously is, the, uh, is one of the leads of this film, the other being Emily Blunt, and I am a huge Emily Blunt fan, uh, you know, plays the character Rita, but in many films I've seen her in, I just find her so, like, incaptivating, in especially in, like, the lights of Looper, that's one of my favourite films I think she's done, but this one as well, again, kind of, this was obviously after Looper as well, you can see, That she's got a knack for these sci-fi films, and I'd love to see her do more. I'm trying to think of like one of the last things I've seen her in. A Quiet Place. There's the other one, sorry. A Quiet Place. Of course, you know, working alongside obviously her husband John Krasinski. In that, she nails that as well. Like everything, pretty much everything that I've seen her in, I absolutely love seeing Emily Blunt in. Basically, and I think that she does a very good job and very good chemistry between her and Cruz on this because, like I've already said about this film, it is that it is that um, Groundhog Day element of it. You know, this one character that is just completely just having the same day over and over again obviously every time he dies he's then waking up and reliving that same day there will be minor spoilers in this because I say this is the first time I've watched it so I'm not going to be going into too many you know bits and bobs about it this is my first kind of response to watching this film, but the film revolves around Lieutenant William Cage. He is a top PR man for the UK-based United Defence Force, which is fighting a major alien invasion that's already swallowed most of Europe and Russia. After being demoted and press ganged into service for Operation Downfall, the last big push on the beaches of Normandy, Cage is killed by one of the attacking mimics. Then he wakes up alive again on the morning of his second to last day. So as I've already stated there, obviously Cage is just having the same day over and over again. And one of the things I really liked about this as well, and particularly with Lieutenant Cage's character, particularly what Cruz's done, is that Cruz is always someone that's a very confident character, very someone his characters are always someone that are good at what they do. The difference here is is that this character cage is not that character now straight away within the first 10 minutes and and seeing that interaction and seeing the meeting that he has with brendan gleason's character that's general brian i think it's pronounced brigham whatever seeing seeing gleason and cruise together in that sequence where gleason's telling him you're going in on the first wave and he's all like excuse me what <laughs> like i really really liked that because like i've said Cruise is always a confident character. Cruise I mean, he's a confident person. He just doesn't die doing anything that he ever does. I mean, there's a video that surfaced this week of him hanging on the side of a plane or something. I can't, I, I've watched the video, but I can't remember exactly what it is he's talking about, but still, it's like, what are you doing, mate? He will die for cinema, basically, won't he? What a crazy, crazy guy. But his characters, like I say, are always someone that are very good at what they do. I like the fact that this this Cage is a bit of a weasel in, in, in that sense, because he's trying to do everything and everything he can to get out of actually going into the firing line. Like he's spent ages, as I say, being that PR person going on about the suits that they're going to be wearing and how they're going to defeat the enemy, this and that. Just like your classic, just just gurged it in absolute, I don't know, well, fake promises at times. Because, like, obviously, they know the casualties will be happening, whether these suits that they're making or not will actually save the day or whatever. Remains to be seen, but it's just just the same garbage that comes out that we see on a daily basis when anyway, people just chatting nonsense on the news, but he's that kind of character. To see him kind of trying to worm his way out of it as well, you know, making threats as well to Gleason himself, obviously, that he could make his life difficult, obviously, if he's going to persist and force him in, into being in that first wave. And that kind of power struggle between the two, I loved that sequence. I thought it was a very, very strong performance from both of them. But like I say, the main thing I took away from that was I was like, this is so strange seeing Tom Cruise playing this kind of character. This is like so different to what I'm used to seeing him in. And it just went on from there because this is the thing. The other, the other thing that I really liked about this about the film in it overall is that it's very like I've seen people say this as well. But it's very game esque in the sense that. He's just having the same checkpoint every time he dies. You play in a game, you get to a level, you die, you wake up at the next checkpoint, you go on from there trying to get to the next level. That is literally this film, um, and I, I, I absolutely, absolutely love that. It's also based sorry, on a on a light on the Japanese light novel. All you need is kill, um, and there's obviously like elements that they've changed from obviously that light novel. There's things that as well that they've kept. You know more of the same. But what I dug as well is obviously this film is directed by Doug, Doug Lyman and the screenplay was written by Christopher McQuarrie. Obviously, Christopher McQuarrie, Christopher McQuarrie, sorry, is uh, the gentleman behind obviously the last few Mission Impossible films. So I think they had so much fun with that idea and that that sense of right, okay, we could make this like a game, like a, 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 almost like an adaptation of a game, but it's not. It's 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 like an, uh, it's an original story, but obviously it's taken on the on the uh, inspiration from this. Um, it's an adaptation, sorry, of that light novel. But I, I really thought it would like to see Cruz go through these action set pieces over and over again and and also obviously see like seeing things that happen and then the next time he comes around it's like right I can stop that from happening I can get to Emily Blum this way or that way trying to retrace steps and do things obviously differently to that point where obviously he'll die again wake up and so on but it's just those moments again like the first time when he wakes up and he's having to like kind of relive that same day obviously it's a little bit surreal but then it gets to a point when he's literally Gonna say what what like Bill Paxton's character is gonna say like re, like saying that straight to him saying you're gonna say this and then you're gonna say that you're gonna take me to this bunker we're gonna have this conversation they're playing cards they're hiding cards under the desk or under the bed sorry X Y and Z but still it's that element of these characters obviously this 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 rambling madman let's just stick some tape over him and throw him back into the fray like I thought that everything was was really well thought out I liked that kind of the the way the arc of Tom Cruise's character going through that weasel then becoming an absolute action hero like when he's not even looking where he's shooting that's how confident he's got over the course of the film you know and then obviously Cruz finds Emily Blunt's character which is a great shift in that she's the one that then trains him to become the action hero that he is now that you know that that confident military that that confident soldier sorry um the fact as well that these two have had the same encounter the same experience by having the time loop constantly, um, this is due to them killing a adult mimic, I think it is. It's then made him part of the organism that is the Omega, which controls everything. It's kind of like the Cerebro or something like that. And they all behave, obviously, on the back of that, but therefore he's like lock- he's locked in that mimic time loop. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes anyways. There'll be someone who knows the film better than me that'll be like, well, you've kind of butchered that. You've kind of got it right, but you kind of like... Not got it. Not got it quite right. Anyways, it's he's he's inadvertently hijacked their ability to reset the time through the exposure of the alpha's blood. That's what I've literally just had in front of me, googling and and quickly read every ghost here from the internet. So that's what the internet says. We're going with that. But yeah, Emily Blunt's character's had that same thing as well. And what she's saying is, is that if you get injured in the line of battle, obviously what you've got to do, obviously try and stop the Omega, destroy the Omega, I should say. If you get injured and you get saved and you have obviously like a blood transfusion, let's say, or if you just go to the hospital and have, you know, yourself fixed up, that's it. You've lost the you've lost the capability of being able to um to revive essentially. So there's obviously that, that that like cost there as well because they have to reset. And that's where more of the humour comes in as well, obviously, because Emily Blunt's character, she kind of comes as like a, a fail-safe almost, as in that she has to keep resetting the day should something go wrong. So if they're training and if Cruz gets injured, like for a broken leg or whatever, it's got to kill him to start the whole day again. There's so many elements in the film that I really, really did enjoy. It's just, like I said, when it got towards the end that's when it got to, like the third act that is, that's when it got a little bit too classic action film for me, if you know what I mean, or like over-the-top action film. There's nothing wrong with that. I just felt that I was more engaged with the build-up to it, to the actual resolution of the film. Um, obviously, it's a, it's, a, it's a fitting end. Obviously, there's only one way this film is going to go, kind of thing. It's, it's an action film, sci-fi film, trying to defeat the enemy. The enemy surely is going to get defeated. Obviously, if they're making a sequel, who knows what's going to happen with that. But... I just felt that that build up of it seeing Cruz and Blunt's progression of their characters, you know, her asking how many times they've been in the situation before him, making decisions to try and save her as well knowing having gone through the same cycle over and over that she will eventually die and there's nothing you can do about it. Him almost trying to reset that as well. There's a really good chemistry between Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise in this film. It's, it's as I said, very believable. It's nothing. It's not like a romantic sense. Yes, it may Get to a point where there's maybe feelings involved, but it's more that she's his mentor, um, and, and more so that she's obviously there to train him, not to be that love interest. She's a real heroine of the film, who's trying to save the day. Everything else, even when they try to touch upon relationships or whatever in this film between Cruise and Blunt, you know she's very dismissive. It's not that's not what this is about. This is about. Saving the Earth, saving the saving the planet, defeating this enemy, winning the war—that is really stressed within her character. It's instilled into Blunt, so I really like that as well. That it wasn't just a case of there's the, just, there's another girl for Tom Cruise to whisk away kind of thing or anything like that. No. It's a completely different dynamic between the two, and one that the film definitely benefits from. There's so much to enjoy. I Say, if you're a fan of like the like the action set pieces, this, that, and the other, because we get to see them on loop, you get to see them from so many different angles, and then not not one of them are like boring or dull in any way, shape, or form. It's weird me saying if you're a fan, because most people who've listen listened to this will have seen the film anyways. It's so bloody old now. Well, I say so old, it's like a good number of years old. I'm just way late to that party. But as I've stated, the influences and the homages, I should say, are, you know, what are packed into this film. Like, you know, Groundhog Day, as I already mentioned, like aliens and such, they all work. So there's, there's the familiar sense, but then there's also something new within the film as well. And I think that, like I stated at the start of this whole looking like a game or feeling like a game, um, there's not been anything like that in the cinema. And I think that it's, it's, it's really, really entertaining enough because, like I say, it does feel very much like the next level, then the next level after that, then right we're on the end of level boss, let's let's kick some ass now kind of thing. I thought it was really good, as I say. I really enjoyed um, pretty much what was packed in with this film. Like I said, my only thing was the, the third act of the film. I did feel let it down just a little bit, but not enough for me to be like, nah, this is not, you know, I can't, I'll never watch this again kind of thing because I did think it was... Uh, Really, really excellent. I just liked as well the use of obviously having Emily Blunt as this real like figure of the film. Like you know, she's the the you know, the the poster person, of so that, that's going everywhere in sense of you know trying to get them to join the military and stuff. She is the one that is essentially supposedly going to save the day, or at least the leader of saving the day. I liked having Emily Blunt as that character, and then obviously her then training a you know rookie such as Cage and in, in learning and, and being able to you know get that ability of taking them out obviously from the course of seeing, like I said, Cruz, who's not used to playing this kind of character. I think it worked really well and they both worked very well together. I thought it was really, really nice. And uh, yeah, decent enough film out of 10. I will give this a seven and a half. I think I've really much, yeah, definitely, definitely want, I would want to give it a rewatch anyways. I've just don't know why I've waited this long to watch it. The amount of people that have said, you need to check this film out. So here we are finally giving it a watch, but like, yeah, like I say, there's just a lot to, a uh, lot to enjoy, but yeah, There we go. Uh, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow, whatever you want to call it. It's pretty great, to say. It's a decent enough, like, fun-packed action sci-fi film with, uh, yeah, which has great influences from, like I say, Groundhog Day, Alien, Starship Troopers, all that jazz, but at the same time, it's very fresh and, uh, yeah, really engaging, so... About time I gave this a watch, eh? But thank you ever so much again for listening. Like I've said, I'm trying to get as many episodes out as I possibly can, being that I was away for a few weeks and didn't do anything, didn't watch anything in particular. But looking forward to trying to cram in as much as I possibly can on this podcast. So as I say, jump onto the socials, give us a like and a follow. And if you've watched any of the films I'm talking about, I'd love to know your thoughts as well. So do get in touch. But until the next episode, take care.